KOKC is 95.3 FM and 1520 AM. And here we go. Live from the Tyler Media Complex, it's The Ride with Mac and Chad. All right, welcome back into the program, 405-478-1520, KOKC Radio on Facebook. You dig it, like it, share it out, help us spread the word. And in studio, we are joined by uh, Senator Stephanie Bice. I should say candidate for the 5th Congressional District. Stephanie Bice, how are you? Oh, click that button. I'm sorry there. There you go. Sorry, I haven't you been got, here in a while. Yeah, I know it's been a minute. Well, you've been kind of busy. <laughs> I've I been a little imagine. busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic, and it's a uh, great day to be here uh, legislatively today. The governor, the House and Senate announced a budget agreement, which is uh, fantastic news. What does that all mean? Does that mean you guys are done soon? We are done soon. That means that signy die is in sight, the right. end of legislative session. Right. And it's a great budget. I will I will uh, give huge kudos to um, leadership, Governor Stitt, um, Chairman <coughs> Thompson on the Senate side, Chairman Wallace on the House side. They worked really hard along with subcommittee chairs to put together what I think is likely the best budget I've seen since I've been in the legislature uh, since yeah. 2015. We were breaking it down. Chad was talking about some of the figures on it, too. Uh, uh, why is there not so much in mental health and substance abuse? I haven't looked at that. There yeah. is, There are dollars going into some programs, yeah. particularly for um, Right on Crime, right. Uh, which is going to be directed at substance abuse and mental health programs. Um, you have um, some dollars going into DOC. Uh, which is going to be important for um, correctional officers because they haven't had an increase and actually you can make more money being a clerk at a convenience store than you can behind the wall so we're addressing that issue um you know there's lots of needs right now and this is actually a good it's kind of one of those things when you have so many going i need i got my hand i need Mm -hmm. i need this and you have to divvy it out i totally understand and that the real the real tough part of these there are a lot of things that everybody would like to put more money in absolutely but especially after you had uh, three years of billion dollar budget deficits and then trying to hold education harmless which is your number one mm-hmm. funding so a lot of other agencies took cuts it's okay well now we're having more money than the year before but where do we put those dollars well, now yeah, yeah that's exactly right chad and i would also share that i think you know remember we didn't get here overnight right uh, and we're not going to get out of this overnight it's going to take some time for us to really um you know right the ship and yeah. um, get things back on track but it's certainly uh, headed that direction i think for us it's exciting because for the first time ever in state history we are uh, appropriating over three billion b billion dollars to public education yeah um and that's a that's a big deal we are uh, we have 1100 more teachers uh, this year school year than we had last and i think that the continued commitment um, by the legislature and the governor to fund public education shows that we're committed and we're yeah. going to, and we're going to continue to address that issue. Yeah. It's incredibly tough to compete with Texas, by the way, when Texas gives their teachers a $5,000 pay raise, that's $4 billion. That's, right. that's more than we appropriate in Oklahoma yeah. to education altogether. We right. both just over 3 billion, uh, because it's not apples to apples. Just remember the Dallas Fort Worth area Metroplex has more people than the population of Oklahoma. Yeah. That excludes Houston, San Antonio, Austin, <laughs> some pretty big cities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure down there they're thinking we don't want to be, you know, we want to always be ahead of that sooner state. There's just a lot more money down there. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot more people. When you have 27 million people, it's a lot easier to, you know, to address those big problems. And you know, your smaller states have a little bit more. Of a do you challenge. know why Oklahoma's so windy, Stephanie? Bison? I do not know the answer to that, but man. Because uh, uh, Kansas blows and Texas sucks. 
Excellent. There you go. That's a good thing you're on for Congress in Oklahoma. You can have that one. Thank you. There you go. When you're on the road knocking doors, you say, hey, one last thing for you. So, why Congress? You announced a couple weeks ago you're running for the United States Congress, 5th District, Oklahoma. I I did. Um, I'm extremely excited about this opportunity. I think that um, since my uh, election in 2014 to the Oklahoma State Senate, I've tackled some really big initiatives uh, and been successful creating collaboration uh, amongst groups of people to get things done and i think that's what washington needs right now is people that are willing to go up there fight the good fight and get stuff done and talk about the process that someone goes through when they decide to run for the united states congress it's obviously a big step it's life-altering as far as your family schedule professional life schedule everything you everything changes if you're going to run for the united states congress so trying to walk through how you went through that well i mean it's um let me maybe take a step back and say that six years ago, I never thought I would be serving in the Oklahoma State Senate. I was a partner in a small business and, you know, married with two girls, raising a family. Someone approached me, actually the sitting senator at the time, uh, called me up and said, I think you should run for office. And I said, why? And he said, because you're, you know, you understand small business and um, you're interested in politics and you'd be great. Oh, and by the way, we need more women. Uh, at the time, there were six women out of 48 in the Senate, 13 out of 101 in the House. And uh, being the mom of daughters, I thought, hmm, hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. But um, I knew that I could uh, bring consensus and groups together, and I wanted to get stuff done. And so I ran um, for the Senate seat in 2014, re-election this last November, won by the largest number of votes of any legislator in the state. Nice. Um, which is not easy to do, considering we'd been through a teacher walkout and, right. and yeah. uh, some really tough budget years. And, um, you know, when we lost the seat in November, people immediately approached me and said, you should think about running. Um, it's not an easy, you know, discernment. It takes a lot of, I think, conversations. My family is fully on board and very right. excited. My husband, you know, he sort of looked at me one day and said, why not? Why would you not do it? Yeah, yeah, You'll yeah. never have an opportunity like this. Yeah, so. And where, uh, where Steve Russell lost votes that are traditionally in Republican areas is actually a lot of that flows through her Senate district where mm-hmm. she landslided and so she's very very strong in the area that republicans need a candidate to be strong in yeah and i think that you know uh, i think oklahomans still although uh, you've heard this conversation that um congressional district five is sort of changing the reality is it's still very much a conservative district you still have uh, you know a lot of trump support you have a lot of conservative values a lot of evangelicals and so um i think that some of the things that we're seeing on the national level really don't represent uh, Oklahoma and Congressional yeah. District 5. I'll make a bold prediction that Trump carries Congressional District 5. Incredibly bold I, prediction. I think you're going to be correct. Since a Democrat hasn't won a county in Oklahoma in four presidential elections. Is that a bold Chad yeah. prediction? Yeah. Then? It's Chad Stradamus there. With the, there you yeah, go. Yeah, Chad right. Stradamus. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. it. Yeah, look at that. So what do you do now as far as running uh, for your campaign for uh, the 5th District? Do you just knock on doors? Or what, what, is, what do you do now? What does a candidate do for Congress? What? Well, um, right now I need to get out of legislative session on the state side yeah. uh, so I can start raising dollars. That's the, the big focus. Um, and then, yeah, get on meeting voters. I'll be uh, at the Dell City Veterans Parade yeah. uh, this Saturday. And, you know, it's just going to be a, a long, re- a long um, year of meeting as many people, sharing my message, um, and, and convincing folks that I'm the best option. Yeah. What kind of issues do people bring up when you talk, when you just go and meet and have coffee and say, hey, I'm running for Congress? What are you hearing about from people out there? Because the federal issues and state issues are different. They are different. I think the biggest um, thing that I'm hearing is we need to get stuff done, and I don't think people feel confident that um, anything can get, can get accomplished right now with uh, the majority being 
uh, Democrat and the president being yeah. Republican. I think it's just gridlock, and we got to change that narrative. We lost um, quite a few House seats on the Republican side last election cycle, and I think the Republicans are committed to trying to pick up uh, the 18 seats that needed to take back the House. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, to take back the House of Representatives, 18 is a pretty low number as mm-hmm. far as you look historically in elections to be able to take back control of the United States Congress when we talk about just 18 seats. Remember, Democrats had to pick up 23, mm-hmm. so they had to pick up five more seats than Republicans to do mm-hmm. in, two, in 2020 and 2018 to take the majority. And so, uh, you know, and also say there's Republicans, independents, Democrats, and Trump voters. There are some people that just show up when Trump's on the ballot. Yeah. But they're not going to be voting for Democrat candidates for Congress, I can tell you that. <laughs> not, not in this atmosphere. And I think the independents um, that I reached out to during my last congr- or my last uh, Senate campaign, you know, they're very much, they're still conservative. Yeah. Um, you know, they may have some more liberal, uh, libertarian ten- tendencies, but they're very much more on the conservative aspect. They just don't really align wholly with the Republican Party, so they've registered as an independent. Um, but I still think that they... You know, support those sort of conservative values. Yeah. Hey, speaking of raising dollars, let me let me mention this. So I was pretty bent out of shape about the whole boardwalk distributing thing and Brian Hendershot and all that coming out of Tulsa. Let me ask you this. Um, speaking of raising, uh, he, he contributed almost, it was $90,000, 53 yep. different elected officials. Stephanie, were you one of those? Uh, no. Okay. And it, it, do you think anything's wrong with that? Uh, I... I would not have accepted the dollars right. during okay. session. I think that um, there are some concerns about that. Okay. I think um, it, it would have been better maybe to do it before session began. Right. Okay. Good. So I just want to ask the question. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's what when uh, when people when I said you were coming on, people wanted me to ask. So I owe that to the listeners. So. Sure. Fifth uh, congressional district. Hopefully, it'll be Stephanie Bices. Thanks for coming in. We appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. It's the ride on KOKC. More to come after this.